Hello and welcome to This Woman's Work, a space where you can hear and read about some amazing women, the fantastic jobs they do and the paths that have led them to where they are today. I am here today with the gorgeous Vicky Butler Henderson. Hi Vicky. Hello. How are you today? I'm not as gorgeous as you. Oh, stop it, stop it. Stop it. She really is, she really is. Okay, um... So, for the listeners, could you just explain very briefly, or very elaborately, what it is you do for a living? Well, I have quite a few different hats, but to put it in a nutshell, I am a racing driver, a TV presenter, a motion journalist, and a mum. I know. I I think that might cover it. In various orders, often simultaneously, and yeah. Yeah, often simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But one of, one of the most beautiful things that I married my racing career with motherhood was I was racing when the kids were a little bit younger and they watched me and everything. And then after the race, when I was all hot and sweaty, they came up and gave me big hugs and kisses and she said, Mum, you were amazing, you were amazing. Yeah. And at that point, I realised I was a role model to my children yeah. and I haven't realised it since then. So that Aww. was a lovely marriage of two of my, two of my jobs yeah, yeah. coming together. Oh, gosh, amazing. So, how long have you been doing all this for? We're going to have to go right back, aren't we? <laughs> I'd like to go right back, go too. Right back. Oh, I would. I'd like to do it all again. <laughs> so, I was, um, I am a farmer's daughter. And yeah. my dad, who is still a farmer, he was in the British karting team when he was a teenager. So, he raced for his country, which was lovely. And on the farm, when I was growing up, he had an old cart chassis. So, we stuck a lawnmower engine on it. I went up and down the farm lane in it and I was like, Dad, this is awesome. And I was wearing one of his old leather suits and it was all tatty and lovely. Yeah. And so Dad was like, oh, OK, you've shown, shown an interest in it. I, he obviously knew how to open the motorsport door because he'd done it when yeah, he was yeah. younger. So we went along to my local cart track, which is Rye House in Hoddesdon in Hertfordshire, where Lewis Hamilton then, he... he Perhaps made oh. it perhaps more fa- well. He definitely Tad made it more, more famous, famous than I did. Just a bit, just a bit. <laughs> so he um, he went there some many years later, and I thought, yeah, this looks great fun. So we bought a you know brand new racing cart, racing engine, and off I went. And I started racing age twelve, which um, was wonderful. And then have raced ever since. I still race today, maybe only sort of once or twice a year. But it's 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 part of me yeah. that I need for my identity. Yeah. So it's important that I keep on, to, you know, keep hold of that. Okay, so that was 12. Mm. And then did school pretty normal at school? Well, or? They, they, were, they were really great at school. So I went to a school in Cambridge, which was all girls. Right. And they really, you know, most of my friends have gone on to be lawyers and doctors and stuff like that, okay? Yeah. So they, it was an academic school. But there was little old me who would go racing at the weekend and... Uh, the Daily Mail did a, a page article about me when I was 17, so I was in the sixth form. Wow. And the, the staff room, they saw it. They, they, they put the staff in the staff room, cut it out, put it up in the staff room wall to, as a you know, big support yeah, to yeah. me who was going for a non-academic yeah. sort of career or hoping for something. Yeah. And I just thought that was really unbelievably forward thinking yeah. of a school in you know the sort of late 80s I know it's mega okay so left school and then what happened so I left I loved 
English. I did English A level, so I got three A le- three A levels. Let's not talk about the grades. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say I took we write three A levels, don't we? Three A levels. Yes, sadly, just that. Yeah. Um, and then I was working in a hotel, sort of in a reception area, just to earn some money. And I had progressed from racing carts yeah. to racing cars. Okay. So I had been racing single seater cars at Brands Hatch and 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 the like, whilst juggling my A-levels. Right. And left school. I also got a job as a racing instructor at Silverstone. So I used to teach the general public. You know, they would come along and wow. and have a fun day, and I'd be one of the instructors. And, and what age were you here? So I was 17, 17 wow. to 18. So this was like almost like a Saturday job. And I got paid £75 for a day, right? As a 17-year-old, it was a huge amount of money. So I was really, you know, so it was good, but it all went, all the money that I ever earned went straight back into my racing budget. But I was an instructor at Silverstone with people like Jason Plato, who I went on to work with on Fifth Gear, and Richard Burns, who um, has now since very sadly passed, but he was uh, the World Rally Champion in 2001. So it was a really good flock of instructors that we had. We just had an utter hoot. Wow. I so, didn't know you'd known Jason for that Yeah. Long. So that was a big giggle. And then I realised that I actually really needed to get a proper job. And because I loved English and because I raced and because I magically met a person who's in the marketing department of a publishing house called EMAP. Yeah which is now Bauer Media, if anybody is into that industry. Anyway, EMAP had a load of um, car magazines and somebody on Car Mechanics magazine was looking for an editorial assistant. And this marketing man sort of put me in touch with car mechanics and lo and behold I I, my first job on a car magazine editorial assistant car mechanics wow (laughs) and and you're what about 18 yeah so 18 and a half 19 so I'd left school and yeah and doing that and I I know you worked for EMAP as well chops (laughs) good old Peterborough we'll come on to that in a sec so so how long were you on car mechanic for so I did car mechanics with an s with an s sorry yeah Uh, I did that for six months and then I went to practical classics magazine which was just over the over the corridor um as a staff writer so I was just learning more skills more skills yeah and still doing some racing and then emap had they started a diploma in journalism course where they sort of cherry-picked a few of their what they thought were potentially decent journos (laughs) journos yeah. <laughs> scraped the bottom of the barrel <laughs> took me and then for six months I worked you, you know I sort of that was my equivalent of ever going to university yeah. I went on this this course for six months and learned shorthand um journalism yeah. all sorts of anyway so I now Can have you still do shorthand well I used to do 100 words a minute but I still do the odd note to myself or I don't want anyone to oh, to look or secret. if I've got gift like... ideas for the children I'll write it in shorthand so they've got no idea <laughs> and then you do it back in the yard I don't know what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that often is that that is basically my handwriting <laughs> permanently though that is I don't even know what I've done there then you should have been a doctor then in that case because that's that's part of the course isn't it Thank okay, you. and then what came after that? Any other mags before? So then, yeah, well, yeah. So after the, after the um, diploma course, 
EMAP Publishing were launching a new modified car magazine. Would I go and work on it with the editor? So there were two of us in a room working on this magazine mm. and it became Max Power magazine, I mean... which then went on to be a phenomenal, Absolutely. massive, successful magazine in the modified car market. So well, just, just in the car, oh. it was the biggest selling car. It used to yeah. upsell Top Gear, didn't yeah. it? It was the biggest selling car magazine Absolutely. in the world, I think, at one point. Massive, so. yeah. And you, d- so you were there so at the was, start yeah. in a room, yeah. So that was you and Graham Steed, yeah. who was the original editor. So just the two of us, and and I remember sort of going out to, you know, interview various people or drive cars, and we did a dummy issue just to see how it would all look. And that was also exciting. Yeah. And then the original, you know, the, the first one got launched. And then I stayed on it for a year and I was staff writer. Yeah, staff writer on Max Power. Okay. Yeah. And then, and um, so what came after Max then? Well. I mean, where do you go from Max is the question, <laughs> isn't it? Well, don't and can forget. I just very quickly mm. ask, so sorry to interrupt. At that point, because it obviously went on to be very girl heavy to... But when you were on it, you were very much, it was modified, it was still true to its core, as as the old school would say. Uh, thank you for picking up on that. <laughs> yes. So Vicky basically wasn't there. <laughs> when, I've got a funny story girls... about that in a second. But anyway, yeah, selecting the yes, naked yeah. women. No, exactly. The only thing, the raciest thing that we ever did in that one year was I did an item on... So, you know what to buy if you want to start racing and there was a, I think there's a picture of me in some thermal underwear that you put on under your racing suit that <laughs> honestly that's as racy as it got amazing but tell me your story oh gosh so when I first joined so I worked in marketing so when I first joined I'm going to say it was my first couple of weeks on Max um so Max's been going gosh this is so I want to say it was like 1998 99 I can't even remember and we started in 97. Yeah, so, but it, it exploded. Yeah. I mean, it oh, exploded yeah. rapidly, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh, it totally, yeah. It, I did it for the first year. Yeah, and, and then it yeah. just it rocketed, obviously, because you did a really great job. <laughs> just laying the groundwork, yeah, building the foundation. Yeah, that's just how she rolls. <laughs> um, and they were launching a website. So Max Online was obviously it was big in that sort of, you know, noughties, just before um, Web Era. And one part of it was they wanted... <laughs> They wanted a connection with a porn site. Wow. So, yeah. Or, um, and they didn't, do you know what? I'm going to look back at this and go, did they ever do it? Anyway, I've probably been there like a month and I got sent off with the editor at the time. So the editor of the magazine and the editor of what was to be the online. So Nige, sorry, Nige, if you're listening to this. And we went to... Basically, a porn film company, ironically, oh, closing this loop in Cambridge. Are you joking me? <laughs> so somewhere, I don't even know, it felt like it, it was definitely Cambridge Way, and they obviously filmed pornographic material for online. So this is obviously like decades ago now. And basically, pretty much, I was sent along to ask the questions that they just quite clearly... So I was there, like, 21, 22... With, like, Nige and, you know, whoever else it was was just there going, saying to these ladies, so, um, will you do, will you do anal? I literally had to ask these women these questions. And they were just, I know. And, but don't get me wrong, I loved it. And it, not that bit, that was very, it was a very awkward day of my life, but made for a great story. Um, but it, maybe it was slight, a slight test because back in those days, journalism was quite... Well, also you've got all the lads' magazines, you know, yeah. loaded, FHM. It was a very different 
cultural it was. experience, you know, society was very different to how it is today. Oh. Chops. Oh, I'm so sorry. But maybe that, and I, I often wondered if that was one of my sort of early tests. You know, if she can do this, then she can kind of. Because um, I did go on, you know, to brand manage and other stuff. So yeah. it was. Um, but yeah, if it is, hopefully I passed. I mean, I asked the questions really awkwardly. Yeah. So, and I'll be honest, and the women have to say, absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah. They were like, yep, yeah, yeah I'll do it. You know, even would give a level of detail I just didn't want to hear about in the answer. Yeah. So anyway, so that was, that's my early <sighs> Max story. So then left Max and... I was just, just thinking about that. Like how strong all of your, you women are. Do you know what I mean? The blokes in the background, too shy, too embarrassed yeah. to do anything, but you girls went and got your questions and answers done. In fairness to down. them, and in fairness to Nigel, if he ever does business. Yeah. <laughs> um, he may well say that actually it was probably, there's an element that it was probably done out of respect for the women as well. Because Nigel, he's a good guy, but, you know, he wanted the women to feel comfortable talking to another woman. So yeah. there was probably an element. I, I, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to say it was yeah. a 50-50. Yeah. Because... You know, uh, who wants to ask those kind of questions? I mean, as it went on, God, the Max boys ended up asking women just horrific questions. That was like tip over the iceberg. But, um, yeah, <sighs> but but then all of these things, you know, the whole marketing department and everything behind Max was always women. Yeah. You know, you had the men yes. sort of on it. Um, yeah. So it was, yeah, you had to have really liberal views, really, to do that. But anyway, stop. So... What happened after Max? Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so I really wanted to be a road tester. Yeah. That was my dream job, to be a road tester on a car magazine because I'd done a little bit of moonlighting for another EMAP title called Performance Car magazine, yeah. which has now turned into Evo. So yeah. that's um, that's where that is now. Um, so I just really loved that. I loved driving cars, writing about them. That was, that was what I... I really enjoyed so emap started a weekly magazine called car week and i was a road tester on car week so moved down to london and i was on that for a year and i was just like oh this is heaven absolutely fantastic had a different car every other night wrote many many words every week and saw my words in print which i still get a buzz out of today yeah when i write something and i i hold it there and there's my byline and there's my words honestly it's ridiculous that <laughs> i still get that lovely thrill yeah, decades yeah. later Aww. so i did that for a year and then car week um folded sadly but i then got headhunted to be a road tester at auto express magazine yeah so i was on that for about 18 months loved that had an utter hoot in my early 20s just thoroughly enjoying going abroad going on car launches really loving the driving side i mean it still is isn't it really incredible titles so and then i got headhunted to be the news editor and road tester at what car magazine Wow. So I, I, I went to Haymarket then in Teddington and was on What Car Magazine for about a year. And then it all goes a little bit messy. Well, yes, yeah, so I was working at What Car Magazine and I did my first item for Top Gear. So Top Gear were basically, they were looking for a girl who could drive. Yeah. And the, the motion industry is really small. Everyone pretty much knows everyone. Yeah. So... Uh, my name sort of got banded about and I went along for a screen test and they were 
clearly unbelievably desperate and they said yep we'll take you (laughs) (laughs) so I then got a job and I so I did one item yeah I got paid 150 pounds I think it was music to my ears it was a race I was racing a golf a mark ii golf gti at brands hatch Amazing. Yeah, in your so, element. Totally my element. However, all the race, the hundreds of races that I had been doing since I was 12 years old, you barely speak, okay, when you're racing. You barely mutter a word yeah. because you're, you're so in the zone. focusing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I have this microphone wired into my helmet and they're like, okay, so when you're and going And you had around, headphones on, so they were talking to you as well, did you? No, or? no. So they just, they just put a, mic- a, a, little, a little camera in the yeah. car and then it was just me recording into something that was on my body and then they would edit it later because you know we were just I was in a race and that was it nobody was there were no pit to car commentary at that level of you know hatch racing so but they just sent me off and said oh don't forget to talk and you know tell us what's going on all around you and I was just like I'm gonna be racing I'll be too busy but anyway they did and I think one of the things I did say which makes me laugh to this day I'm I'm sort of quite high pitched. I'm going, and all the cars around me, there's like a swarm of bees. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just a one-off. Yeah. And just before, and about, about a month later, it was going to be on the television. So I had, I told my bosses at Watcar, I was like, look, just to let you know, I, I've just done an, an item for Top Gear. Um, hope that will be okay yeah didn't think anything of it and they <gasps> took me over the, so this is where it got messy oh, they were yeah. like well you need to be said that it's Vicky Butler Henderson from What Car Magazine and I was just like do you know what actually I don't feel that because I just want it to be me and also I've got no authority to demand what it puts in my name. I mean, I'm in my early twenties, so I, I was, and I just done a one-off item, yeah. so I didn't want to rock any boats. And I just like, well, who am I to go? Oh, I, you must put me down as Vicky Butler and what car? And also, I was just like, well, I just want to be me. Yeah. I just want to be me. I don't want to have. I don't know. Maybe that was naive. I don't know. But that's what I felt at the time, and I still feel like that. <laughs> anyway, so Haymarket, who owned what car? They did me for gross misconduct. They said to me, if I do another item for Top Gear, I, that would be the end of me at oh, Haymarket. Right. So I did another item for Top Gear and I resigned. <gasps> and I went freelance. And it was the scariest, scariest yeah, yeah, thing because yeah. Top Gear didn't say, Here, and here's a lovely contract yeah. for the next two years, we're going to yeah. guarantee you loads of work. No, it's like, and it still is today, pretty much. You, you're on an ad hoc kind of yeah. basis. People don't realise that with TV. A lot of TV is like that. It is very much, there's no, you know, yeah, we're going to pay you, you know, a massive chunk for time. Yeah, it's yeah. very... Uh, and we'll pay holiday and pay yeah. and we'll do pensions and stuff yeah, like that. That doesn't happen. Like that. Yeah. So on the basis of another £150 job, I, I left my secure job. What did your dad say? Oh, oh, you know what? When I was a kid, on Thursday nights, when Top Gear used to be on, I used to shout down, Dad, Dad, Top Gear's on, Top Gear's on. And we yeah. used to sit and watch it. And then when I was on it, I mean, honestly, it was, it was so did he, oh, did special. Yeah, 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 yeah. And today, when they watch me on telly, Mum rings me up, I go, just saw, just saw, I thought you were great. Oh. <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah. OK, so freelance and that worked, did it? Successfully, or...? It did, yeah, but just, it did. It's, it's amazingly, bit... amazingly. I, d- I honestly don't know quite how 
And there were very lean times to start yeah. with, for sure. But, you know, one, you know, I did a job for a, a couple of uh, car manufacturers. They have in-house magazines, yeah. so they kept me sort of busy doing some writing. And then more Top Gear came along. Yeah, and say. then that kind of began to snowball. So I was on Top Gear then for about four years, four or five years in total. Yeah. Which was fantastic, so much fun. So there was, they had a big crew, uh, a big sort of cast of presenters then. So it's me, Jeremy Clarkson, yeah. Tiffany Dale, Quentin Wilson, Tony Mason did the rallying, and Steve Berry did um, did bikes. And Michelle Newman was on there for the first oh, year okay. that I did. And Angela Rippon has been a presenter in the yeah. in the past. So there have been a few few of us girls. There you go. <laughs> So you did that, and then that was just before they sort of stopped it, didn't they? And then it just sort of went dead for a few years, didn't it? So there's it? somebody at the helm of BBC Two didn't really like cars, so they said, right, well, that's enough, we'll knock Top Gear on the head. <clears throat> yeah. And that was it. That was it. On a yeah. phone call, boom, done. done. Fortunately, the next phone call I had was from a fantastic chap at Channel 5 who said, I love what you do, will you come and make a TV show with us? Yeah. We'll call it Fifth Gear. I was like, oh... Yes, yeah. I'm in. So, and Fifth Gear's now been running for a, a good couple of decades. I know. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah, gosh, yeah, it has been. Amazing. Yeah. And then Top Gear came back about a year or two later in the three-man format. Yeah. But, it, but it's... And it went off. But, um, so here when you first joined Fifth Gear then, who were you with then? Who were you presenting So there was then? me, Tiff Nadell, Quentin Wilson, so that the three so of us went kind along. Of gone, yeah. yeah. And Adrian Simpson was there as well because he'd done some bits. And then, obviously, you've been doing that and just tons of other stuff ever since. Yeah, and then because I, I still write, I love my writing. Yeah. So I've got a couple of columns every month I write, and I've I have had columns in the Telegraph, yeah. the Times. It's you know, it's been really lovely that I've managed to maintain that. Yeah, yeah. As well, but always with a car theme. Yeah. I don't think I've written anything that's not involved. Four wheels. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have a little life in you yet. I know you have a lot of strength left. I know you have a little life in you yet. I know you uh, in terms of, I guess, the process of becoming trained and qualified, you've obviously described, in essence, sort of getting a job and then sort of working your way up from there now I mean nowadays do you have any idea <sighs> how to get into because I mean I mean it's tricky isn't it I don't even know how you get into it now well, when I was you know at the school age you know a levels and stuff like that there was no media degree that did not exist so you couldn't yeah. go to university and do a media degree today you can yeah but I honestly truly feel that on the ground training is the best way to go for this industry yeah and if you can give up a week of your time and go and work go and get some work experience at a magazine auto express what car magazine anything like that yeah because nine times out of ten when we had work experience people there a job would come up in a couple of weeks' time and we'd go, oh, actually, that person who came for the work experience, they were so good, let's get them back. Yeah. And, and that was that. But you see, I was lucky enough that I had a talent. My talent is driving. It's yeah. probably the only talent that I possess. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> but that, is, that was my hook to help me because nobody has ever said to me, oh, you're a bird, what do you know about cars? Because I, they, 
I will sling a car sideways and I can do donuts in it and I can make a car dance. Yeah. So, which is more than a lot of motoring journalists can do. And I feel like I'm so big headed by saying that. No. But I, I, that, that, that's true. And that is my talent has really been my absolute rock. So if you have a talent in anything, then you need to, you know, nurture that and use that to help you get in somewhere. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people, as we've seen in the, you know, YouTube phenomenon, people can pick up a microphone and talk. A lot of people can do that. So that's not necessarily a skill, but the skill is in entertaining somebody along the way. Yeah. And using your passion or your skill or your talent to make you elevate, you know, above everyone else. Yeah. Gosh, it's hard though. Isn't it, it? I know it is. Well, I mean, my oh, next I, question was going to be what inherent sort of, I guess, like inherent skill do you think you have, or even a, a life learned skill you, that you think particularly makes you good at this? And obviously, you've just said that you can drive, you can really drive. But if you t- take that back to what the crux of that is, is that just you're quite fearless as a person? Oh, that's a really good point, actually. Because you can drive, but obviously. What yeah. made a twelve-year-old girl? I know. And I've got a load of boys go. Yeah, I'm going to throw this around. I'm going to, you know, it's scary, I, isn't it? I have an older sister. She's only eighteen months older than me. But we both had a go at karting at the same time, same day, and we had another go and another go. And I loved it and I took to it. She did not like it and walked away. Yeah. So there's, even though she's got the same DNA as me, yeah. there is something in me that made me go, yes, and her choose another, yeah. another path. I'm not quite sure what it is. I like, I like, I like going on a roller coaster and experiencing that, even that drop still ride. still after kids. Yeah. Could you do that after but kids? But after kids, I can't do the roundy, roundy thing. Oh, no. I can't do the roundy. Really right. I, but they but I can do round. the up and down one. Okay. But they all still go round now. And turbulence and stuff like that. I love, yeah. I really enjoy that. So maybe that adrenaline yeah. rush, maybe that has helped me. I am so in love with life. I think that's what I yeah. really, honestly, every day, even when it rains, I'm like, lovely, rain, it's great, whatever. Wow. I, I, there are so few times in a day in a week in a month in a year where I feel really down which I think is fantastic and I'm so blessed that I've got that that you know that ability just to be quite bouncy and positive yes yeah so the flip side of that is what um I guess I was going to say problematic it's completely the wrong word characteristics do you think you have that make your job and what you do tricky for you I think being a woman. God mm. <laughs> damn you for that. I think being a woman has got so many different elements to it and the things that we have to navigate just to be on the same page as our beautiful male, male counterparts. Course. I recently watched the film Barbie and I flipping loved it, same. laughed my head off, same. thought it was amazing. It was just like, oh my God, of course... Why, why are all the men running Mattel, which is responsible for the iconic Barbie doll? Yeah. It's just stuff like that really made me think, oh, oh yeah. Completely. Wow. I left, I, it's, it's so funny. I went to see that with Kitty Mae, my daughter, and my sister. And it was just layer upon layer of social messaging, wasn't yeah. it? Even the sort of, the, the Ken's journey was layer and layer. And it just, 
And I watched it and I go, oh my gosh, it's just layers of... And my sister went, is it? <laughs> but I think maybe because she's never, ever worked in a very male... Okay. Dominated okay. environment. Oh, so she has a different take. So on she it. has a really different take on it. She just she missed a lot of what I was straight on, like you going, "Oh my gosh, that is so true." And that's so. But yeah, so being a woman is probably your oh. biggest problematic characteristic. But equally, it's been my absolute blessing. My absolute blessing. You know, yeah. I love being a woman. Yeah. I love it, and I have a daughter who's twelve and a son. So I'm bringing up one of each yeah. as you are yeah and I know how important it is to be a really strong woman who's massively in love with themselves to start with oh, who can gosh. who's got the confidence then just to go out and do do anything yeah because it's you know we it makes me so sad but us girls we need all the help and strength that well, it's we like the can. speech going back to Barbie what is it, American Ferreira? Is that her name, America Ferreira. Her speech is full of that, isn't it? What we, what, how men make us feel, how women, how we then make each other feel. Yeah. Yeah. It is really tricky. You, you know, what, since watching that as well, I have been more conscious actually of smiling at women as I walk down the street. I've made a conscious effort. I mean, I usually give people, most people a nod, but in particular, I've been making sure that if a woman catches my eye, I make sure that yeah. I give them a smile. And just being sort of nicer and kinder. Yeah. Well, Barbie's got so much to answer for. Good, well, good on her. I we know. thank her. Greta, Greta Gerwig or whatever her name is. I know. One thing I did want to say is that I went to my children's school when they were both sort of seven years old and I went in to teach their class what it would be like to be a racing driver and be me. Wow. So I went I went in, they call, the school calls them wow days. And if you're a parent who's doing, doing, doing something quite fun, can you come and talk to us about it? So I was like, it? all right then. So I went in in my racing helmet, my overalls, I took in a trophy, I took in stuff that they could see and pictures and everything. And it was so unbelievably divine for them to ask me questions. And then they went and drew pictures of cars. And I really hope that, somewhere there's a spark that I ignited somewhere for someone to yeah. be a designer of a car or a, they don't even have to be a driver just yeah. something that that gives them oh yeah when I was seven this person came into my school and really made me think oh yeah I can do that I can be yeah. a car driver were your children in the class at the same yes, time yes yeah. so were they so, just like oh they were just cock a hoop yeah yeah I mean, they are the coolest kids. For that day, I was the coolest mum. Yeah. For one day. What has been the absolute best part of this journey so far? Or have multiple? Because <gasps> you've just done some amazing things. I mean, obviously, as a mother, having kids is incomparable yeah. because of all the joys and screaming matches. <laughs> That you have along the way, it is divine. Yeah. Being a mum is divine. I love it. Yeah. Um, but with my sort of career head on, one thing that I did do when I was on Top Gear, that I went in a Jaguar jet fighter plane. Because Tiff Nadell was driving the new Aston Martin and we were trying to think of another car that was new or anything like that that could, could um, compete against it. Yeah. There wasn't at the time, but there was, we were like, well, let's get a Jaguar 
but a jet fighter plane. So I was strapped in the back of this fighter plane and I raced Tiff Nadell along the runway. So he was down in the car in the Aston Martin. I was up higher on the Jag, in, in the Jaguar. And then we, as soon as we got to the end of the runway, burners were on, up we went in the That's sky. That's all, yeah. Oh, it was so cool. And I wore a G-suit, which is like having 10 people just press various parts of your body just to keep your blood from... Uh, keep your blood inside like, oh. your head so it doesn't like shoot out down to your feet and you pass out and stuff like that and it was just so incredibly cool and I was like wow so eventually got back down to land and I was like oh do you know what I actually think I need to be a fighter pilot what do I do and they turned to me and they went right so you have to be less than 25 years old you have to be and I was like oh whoa 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 yeah. whoa stop right there. there I was t- 25 26 and that was it but I thought, oh. Could women... I don't, sorry, Sarah, I don't know how long ago this was, but wasn't there a period where women couldn't be? It's not been that long that women have been able to be fighter pilots, has Are it? Are you being serious? I, look, I could be throwing random, like, misinformation out there, but I'm sure there was a long period of time that they... Because that, they didn't think women would be able to resolve, stand the GIF or something, only to now find out that women would stand that way better than men do. Uh, oh! Uh. <laughs> I mean, I can't. But I, what that is an amazing fact. I mean, next I you'll be that telling to be me, true. yeah, you'll be telling me next that women weren't allowed to vote or something stupid <laughs> at some point. <laughs> oh, if that's not true, I'm gonna be, oh. be upset with myself. God, that, that makes me really upset. That's really. But that's so now, stupid. I mean, obviously they've put that new. There's a woman in the new Top Gun Maverick, wasn't there? Yes. Which is obviously great. Lovely to see. But still, yeah. it's still a bit of a token woman, really, isn't it? And it still will be. There won't be many women. I mean, one part that I really want to do with this is definitely interview women in male-oriented jobs because I think it's going to be really interesting. And then to do these interviews and then, you know, maybe in 10 years' time look back at those and kind of wonder see or where see the world, where the world yeah, is, yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. hopefully for our daughter's sake yeah, exactly. and our children's, exactly. it'll be in a much better place. Yeah. But all will be dead because we'll have just blown them <laughs> We, nice we, thought, we wouldn't it? have blown it up, the blokes in charge. Do you know what totally. I would love to do? And I know this isn't man bashing at all because I love men, but I would <laughs> love it if for maybe one year all the countries around the world were run by women. Oh. And I just wonder the difference here, here. it would make and what kind of... It a... would make all the difference. It would make every single bit of difference. Mm. It would, because we're just... We'd pick up the phone and have a yeah. chat. And then, right, if we can't resolve this here, let's have a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where this question will go, but strangest thing that's happened to you doing this job, and I can imagine there's just, you're like, how long have you got, love? Oh, there are, there are, oh, there are. Weird, strange. <sighs> you don't have to name names. I shan't. But you must have received just tons oh. of mail. Somebody once wrote a song. Yeah. Called Vicky, which is lovely. So that was that was a nice. They, they sent me a CD Did of they? that. But Vicky, there are very, there aren't many things that rhyme with Vicky. No. <laughs> so I think it's quite a difficult thing to to do. But that was charming. Yes. That was very charming. That Aww. one. Any gifts? Any fan gifts that you've received? I mean, no one sent you. You know, just. No. Horrid stuff that you should not have been sent. No, I, th- I think on the whole, everyone's been. I've been. I've escaped anything. Yeah. That might get thrown at pop stars. <laughs> I did have to go um, 
behind a motorbike once. I was on a pair of skis, a pair of water skis, being pulled by a rope on a motorbike. And this was just outside the NEC at Birmingham. So on a, oh, on, on a grassy bank, oh. on a gra- being pulled on a grassy bank down into the water to see if this motorbike would pull me... So the motorbike was staying on the on the verge right. and I was supposed to go into the water. Yeah. I did go into the water. The tips of my skis dug down yeah. into and flipped me over and ripped my knee. Yes. <gasps> there we go. So are you... Can I ask? I mean, obviously, I wanna, I'd love to know. I've been in that room where those questions, that suggestion came up. Are you a proficient water skier? No, I'd never done it before in my life. Because obviously that would be yeah. a first question, that you oh, actually know how to... Con- because it is a really, I've done it, it's no, a hard thing to do, isn't it? I got it? asked the question, can you ski? And yeah. I said, yes, I can, which I can, on snow. <laughs> What's next? Where do you go from here? That's a really good question, Chops. Other than just managing, as we were discussing, <laughs> off, off camera, off mic, whatever this is about just a hormonal children. Managing <laughs> hormonal children is what's next. I... Always am amazed by people who have a five-year plan or a ten-year plan. I mean, yeah. wow, where in their brain have they got that? Because I'd love a piece of that in my yeah. brain. I'd love, a, you know, that kind of direction. I'm such a sort of happy-go-lucky person that I'm just super happy with the variety of wonderful jobs I do. So I present on TV, I host awards ceremonies, yeah. I do various podcasts I still yeah. write yeah. so just a variety of the, yeah. those wonderful things I'm so happy with and a bit of racing I, there's not a huge amount that I desire time 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 is my biggest enemy is the wrong enemy. word yeah isn't but it's just foe it just seems like instead of 24 hours in the day there there only now seems to be like 19 hours in the day I used to read loads loved it and now for me reading has become a luxury thing to do and it's I only read when I can only sort of snatch small amounts of time to read now and again and then you can't get into it no because it's so difficult to sit down and to stop yeah what about audiobooks? Oh, yeah, I love them. Do you? Oh, See, I've not got into audiobooks, but my best friend's husband yeah. is a farmer. Yeah. Uh. Um, well, she's she was a farmer's daughter, but she's married a farmer as well, as is the way. And he's obviously mad at the moment, just in a, you know, in his combine yeah. out there, you know, eight hours a day, you know, the GPS is on. And apparently she's like, he's just burning through audiobooks. Brilliant. It's costing a fucking fortune. Just <laughs> like, exactly. Seven, eight quid a pop. Go through like three books a day, which I was going, oh, my God. The only time I get to watch telly is on an iPad whilst I'm chained to the kitchen, <laughs> yeah, making the kids supper yeah, or something like that. That's the only time, because, I, again, I don't have the time to sit down and watch a telly. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It is crazy. It is crazy. OK, um, last two questions. What advice, if any, would you give to that 17, 18-year-old mm. girl starting out um that you that maybe could have done something a little bit differently or approached me differently or when I was 17 and I was racing cars then I wanted to be a Formula One driver Ah. and about a year so into racing cars I realized that it wasn't going to happen I wasn't going to get the money I wasn't you know your stars need to align for you to have this right money 
to get a seat available f- to go up the next rung of the motorsport ladder, the next one, the next one, the next one, yeah, all the way up to Formula One. So at the tender age of like seventeen, eighteen, I realised actually, do you know what? This is not going to happen. I'm not going to, ha- I'm not going to be a Formula One driver. Yeah. So I remember being very disappointed and quite I felt it was too young for me to be chopped off so early in my prime but if you think about it there are only 20 drivers any year in the world who are Formula 1 drivers so the chances are so slim yeah but for every one person who drives a Formula 1 car now I can name you 10 who are good enough to be there they just didn't have the right luck and the resources yeah exactly at that time so I would probably just go back to myself and and say it's okay to grieve for a career that you a dream that you wanted that's not going to happen it's okay to do that yeah because it will give you fuel to do something else yes so stay strong stay strong and it's everything happens better at the at the other end yeah everything happens do you believe in like the universe and all that kind of stuff i do actually yeah do you i was going to ask that because obviously you've got a lot of natural belief in yourself which is just wonderful and inspiring but um, it's interesting whether because often people like that do they also believe in like the universe and there's like a master plan that kind of thing. Do you manifest? No, I don't. This manifest. wasn't one of my questions, by the way. I'm yeah, going off on a tangent yeah, here. No, but. I don't manifest, and I wonder wonder if I should. But I do. I love. I'm a farmer's daughter. I love being outside. I love being in touch with nature. Yeah, and I think that mother earth yeah i think that and the gratitude th- for your the world around you and yeah. stuff like that exactly like it's just who you are yeah i love rain you know i love yeah. all weather it's all good all weather there's not even <laughs> what about really blistering heat oh do you know what actually since i've had children <laughs> I, can't, I can't cope with with heat with too much heat, yeah. I think there's something hormonal that's happened. I, which we'll skirt around. <laughs> oh, gosh, I did a... I did a was it last week? It was really hot, yeah, wasn't it? it was too hot. I did a, a body pump. I don't know if anyone knows what a body pump class is. I did Good. a body pump class last week, and there was no aircon in this room. And they just before us, they'd done a spinning class. So the heat... I mean, I have sweated in places that I didn't know I could sweat. Like my sweat knees. was sweating. No, like, it was... A, my knees... <laughs> And I was wearing these pink leggings that I, because I don't normally sweat that. It's not a cardio class. You yeah. do sweat a bit. So I was wearing these pink leggings that, I mean, I've now found out show everything. <laughs> like everything. There was sweat everywhere. And I literally was just oh, like, chops. in between it was just peeling these leggings off oh. me, like looking around at the class, just kind of going, well, I've just got to own this. Yeah. Exactly. I basically look like I've weed myself yeah. and my knees have weed themselves. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I was doing like the sit-ups and there was just, I, di- I didn't even know my shins could sweat. There was wow. sweat just wow. coming off my shins. Oh, so, exercise yeah, is good. Heat. Well done for doing it. Well done. Oh God, yeah. Always feel better afterwards. You always feel better. Yeah, you do, don't you? One foot in front of the other. Just go and do it. I know. Just, just do it. But maybe not in such oh. high heat. No, 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 no. forbid Okay, so final question is a bit of life advice. And I want this to be everyone's final question that I ask is just a bit of life advice just to throw out there into the world. For men, women, boys, girls, whatever it is, like a mantra, anything like that, that you think... Don't get a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Apollo, shush! (laughs) Your dog's got a mantra. It's like, fuck's sake, I've got something to share. I would love everybody just to do something slightly outside of their comfort zone. Once a year, 
once a month, I went and did some diving with some sharks in a tank, tiny sharks at the NEC, at the Bear Grylls thing, oh, yeah. like a massive aquarium. And I went and did it on my own, took myself there just because I thought, well, I want to do it. And I had forgotten how claustrophobic I felt with a scuba gear on. <gasps> yes. <laughs> so I had to oh, overcome you, you all of that. paddy and all that kind of stuff? No. Yeah. I did have a freak out the one and only time I did it, yeah. scuba diving, about 20 years ago. So I had forgotten that I didn't enjoy that at all. So I had to combat that. And then so I walked around this tank just holding my thing across my face in case I spat it out or yeah. did something stupid. Yeah. But I absolutely conquered a fear. And I felt amazing Did for you? it and I've been cold water swimming at the local oh, I, yeah Lido um just just go and have a slightly crazy time yeah. just do it for you for you not for anybody else yeah because it makes it'll make you feel proud of yourself yes you're completely right it does make you feel proud of yourself mm. doesn't it but you can't convince people of that sometimes in advance can you no no no, because the easiest thing to do is, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. No, I don't fancy that. Just do it. There you go. If only yeah. a really famous brand yes, would exactly. adopt that as mm, a... Can you imagine? <laughs> it's so, so catchy. Yeah. Oh, Vic, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Cho. It's so lovely. I mean, you radiate so much gorgeousness yourself. Oh, no, I think it's... it's so, what I think it's honestly... The hormones we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but no, thank you so much, honestly. It means the world oh, that you've done no, this. Oh, no, thank so. you, honey. Well done, and congrats about it all, honestly. If you would like to hear more about this chat, see some behind-the-scenes pics and some personal profile pics, plus read about how to get started in this industry and or this role, then please go and support us on Patreon. The link is on this podcast page and across all of our socials. Sincere thanks in advance. Thank you.